want to find a reliable source for your Hot Toys and Sideshow collectible figures? If so, Modelzone.co.uk is one of the largest UK sellers of Hot Toys and Sideshow, so you can be confident buying from them. Unlike some retailers, they only take pre-orders for stock they have definitely secured and will keep you up to date with the latest release date information. And if the product price increases before launch, you'll still pay the price displayed at the time of your order. Even better, if the product price goes down before launch, you'll pay the lower price. You also get the free track delivery by secure courier, so there's no extra charges. The price you see is the price you pay. At ModelZone, they understand the importance of receiving your collectibles in perfect condition, so they ensure all packaging is perfectly sealed and intact. You're guaranteed a great service at ModelZone from start to finish. Check out Hot Toys and Sideshow Collectibles available to pre-order now at www.modelzone.co.uk. to you ladies and gentlemen welcome to this our seventh episode of our illustrious and sheltered name podcast the hot toy cast the classy and altogether upmarket podcast where you use your ears to listen and learn about all things high and collectible action figures from the likes of hot toys enter bay a3 toys and indeed slideshow collectibles every month or so your hosts review and discuss the latest news and reviews from those companies that make action figures that we could only dream of as kids now if you will allow me to introduce your most noble hosts my name is Master Eamon O'Donoghue, also known as Eamon on Toy Boards. My name is Master Jeff Parker, sometimes known as Wookster. Uh This is Master Michael Crawford, also known as Michael Crawford on most boards, and also Captain Toy over at MWCToys.com. And I am Master James Doble, also known as Jack Sparrow across the universe. <laughs> we four across the universe are lovers and collectors <laughs> of action figures <laughs> that cost us an arm and a leg Neglecting. and maybe a spouse or two. So let us now delight your ears with a review on the Hot Toys Bane figure. So I believe we all have Bane now, do we? Yes, we do. Okay. I reviewed him last week uh, at my site, and uh, you know, they're, they're, it's an interesting figure. I, I love the outfit. They did a beautiful job on the coat. The, the, the outer jacket. Yeah, the outer jacket is just an yeah. amazing piece. And as we've mentioned before, it can be very difficult to do six-scale clothes to get mm. the material that thin. And when you start to go into the thicker cloaks, coats, you know, heavy clothes like that, it gets even harder, but they did a fantastic job. The, mm. the leather outer is, is very thin. The, the collar just looks perfect. It's just a beautiful jacket. I would, I would mention that when you're piss, pissing around with the jacket, there's two of those really nasty little plastic snaps that can be so hard to reattach once you unsnap them uh, mm. on each lapel if you yeah. pop those off. And there's no reason to unsnap them, so, so don't. And just be careful when you're putting on the jacket to not do that because then you'll have a lot of extra effort snapping them back together again. But yeah, I actually hadn't even noticed that yet. Yeah, yeah. When you put it on, I didn't notice yeah. it either. So I, I, I actually was pulling on the lapel. <laughs> and then, oops, it opened, and then I'm like, crap, I have to take it back off again just to snap the snap back together. So, um, and, and the, the vest, the sash, they look fantastic. Mm. Uh, the, the head sculpt, as a lot of people have mentioned, because he's bald, um, it allows for a really photorealistic head sculpt. You know, you don't have any of the, the, the problems you can sometimes have with even the sculpted hair. Even as good as Hot Toys does it, you know, it's not really hair. So when you get a photo, you can still tell it's a toy. Well, he's bald, so it really comes across as a very photorealistic sculpt. Um, all that being said, you know, it's Bane, and he doesn't have much of anything in terms of accessories. He has the broken the broken cowl. Uh, he has his basic, very basic base, and he has a couple extra pairs of hands, and that's about it. And, you know, at a $200 figure, we're talking about a pretty light figure when it comes to accessories. And and in, in a, and let's be honest, he's not much of a kit bash figure either. You know, it's not like you got a Tom Hardy sculpt you're going to do something else with. So... Um, he's an awfully expensive figure, and we've talked about this before. I'm really concerned about this trend. I know a lot of people say, well, it's the licensing, it's this, it's that. But you know what? It, it, this is a trend we're seeing over yeah. the last year or so where the mm. prices continue to rise on even the basic figures. You know, this is a figure that would have been 140 or 150 bucks a year and a half ago. Um, yeah. And so we're, we're, we're seeing a trend that's, that's, you know, I mentioned it with Red Skull, and you you got a second head with Red Skull. So um, this is a figure that it does concern me. I think we're going to see the same problem when we see Catwoman. Um, mm. But it is what it is. What do you guys think? No, I totally agree. I, I think that, you know, the, the prices have been, it's, it's been like a steady kind of creep. 
But then I think in the last kind of like year, 18 months, has been the creep has kind of been very noticeable in kind of jumps that have been made. Um, and, and as you say, I think you know more and more collectors are getting noticeably more vocal about it, and rightly so, because um, it, it makes a collector's um, choices much more difficult. Because you know you can't just you can't just get everything you want. You have to you have to make very tough calls on some stuff that you'd, you'd love to have in your collection, but you have to run that risk of it selling out or. Or, and if it does sell out, then you know there's that problem of it possibly becoming even more ridiculously expensive on the on the grey market. So it's that it's that kind of gamble of, of do I jump now or do I and risk it, you know, being even more expensive, or do I uh, or do I kind of vote with my wallet and say no, I'm, I'm not going to accept this anymore. One of the things the I think is interesting is that it also means that Hot Toys is putting um, sort of a hidden pressure on companies like Interbay and Medicom. Uh, as you just said, Jeff, it becomes harder to make choices. And so now what happens is I can't just buy anything I want, you know, anything that that tickles my fancy. I have to be more selective. And what ways do I, am I selective? Well, license and, and company uh, affiliation. If I'm a big Hot Toys fan and I love Hot Toys and Interbay has a figure out and, it's, and in the past I might have bought it, but now I can't because I can't really spend that kind of money on two figures. Mm. I might go with Hot Toys. Likewise, if Hot Toys has a license that nobody else has, and mm. that's my favorite license, well, even though somebody comes out with something that's kind of cool and I might have bought it a year ago, I can't really afford it anymore. So yeah. now I go mm. with the license. So it's kind of like it, it's a market pressure that they're that they're also putting on the other companies. Yeah, and I think there's this kind of crossover problem as well, where a company can be awarded a license at one scale, whilst another company gets it at another. Like we've seen with today with the um, with the Batman and Joker figures uh, and the Terminators. Yeah, um, I mean whether or not Hot Toys will be allowed to do Terminators at one scale. I know they've got plans to release uh, the Dark Knight um, armor Batman, but that seems to be their only announcement so far. Um, I, you know, it seems like they're very cautiously watching the market and how Endpay do. Um, before they kind of commit to it too strongly. Well, I think they announced an endoskeleton. That's right, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, they've got an endoskeleton and uh, and the the, the Batman, yeah. But but for Hot Toys, that's that's quite a small um, pool of announcements, you know, considering it's a scale. I mean, a couple of years ago, they they announced they were going to be doing Predators as well um, at quarter scale, but again, we haven't heard anything about that. So it just seems they're either stretching themselves very much on the uh, the licenses they're dealing with at the moment and can't commit their artistic pool of talent to actually start creating this stuff, or as I say, they are just watching the market to see how it reacts to uh, yeah. to the prices at that scale. Do you guys think that the market is kind of homogenizing a little bit? By by that I mean there are fewer there's fewer stuff less there's less actual product being made, but the product mm. that is being made is more targeted and therefore actually kind of getting into hands and it's. It's it's becoming a real kind of a nice balancing act between supply and demand. Do you do you feel that's in guys? Because there's just two more experts than myself or James here. Do you guys feel that that is actually happening? That the collector market on a whole is homogenized. I can only sp- I can only speak for me and a few other people. As a, I myself have gotten rid of a lot of other figures and things like that because mm. I'm older now. I'm in mm. my late thirties and I'm like I want uh, to kind of really get my toys down to a really refinement so I've, I've refined yeah. it down to masters of numerous classics and hot toys and whatever in, or hot toys slash interbay slash 3 yeah. you know like high end stuff yeah. and I can't I can't be the only one who's like that who's felt that oh I, I don't really want to buy the NECA things anymore I don't want to buy the Marvel stuff the kind of cheapy Marvel stuff anymore I want to buy if I'm going to buy now I'm going to buy the best that there is of that character or license on the market yeah. and, kind of homogenize yep. your buying habits. Yeah, I like don't that. know that that's so much of a market thing. <clears throat> I think what you're feeling is is a natural collector uh, evolution. Yeah. Most collectors yep. kind of go through that. They start out most, not all. As uh, as I just bought my Venture Brothers 4-inch figures, you know. <laughs> you know they, <laughs> most collectors keep uh, it real. That's right. <laughs> go through a phase where they, you know, start with lower end stuff and move towards higher end stuff as they get older and also have more uh, uh, money to spend on that sort of thing. Um, I think the market, you're still seeing NECA is doing a great job still with a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, they're doing real well with a, the, the movie licenses in that scale. And so you've still got a lot of guys who are 16, 17, 18 years old who are, you know, are going to want to buy Predator figures but can't afford 200 bucks a pop. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they're going to be going for that kind of stuff. So um, I think the market, though, it is interesting because the, 
the market is getting pretty crowded. We haven't had a lot of companies get flushed out, especially in the six scale market over the last year or so. Mm. It's it's kind of grown instead of getting smaller, and it'll be interesting to see if with the rising prices, because there's only so much money. That's really where the pot is. The market has so much money to spend. Yeah. So with the rising prices, it eats more and more into that. Can they all afford to spend or to sell enough figures to keep the wheels on the bus? Yeah. And the thing is, I think that like we were talking about earlier with like the Spinal Tap figures and the Universal Monsters and even the Young Frankenstein Monsters, is that at the end of the day, we're all geeks, collectors, we tend, we tend to be geeks, we're into stuff, we're into uh, whether it's like the most popular license like Star Wars or the Predator or the Alien, but also, you know, we're into cult stuff, you know, that we, and we, we like to see that stuff reflected in what we can collect. And that's the thing that worries me is that because it's becoming so expensive, the more kind of um, cult figures unless you can find a big enough audience to pay enough money for them, they're going to start getting more and more ignored. And I really like those kind of like left-field characters to be done. Um, I I don't know how you guys feel about it, but it's like you said, I would love to see the Final Town characters revisited. I would love to see um, revisit the Universal Monsters um, characters. But again, I know, as Frank just said, there are are licensing issues uh, with that. So... um, yeah, I mean, how do you guys feel about that? The kind of the more left field kind of cult stuff. Um, I mean, it's nice to see Entity picking up some of it. I mean, the fact they're doing the, the Tarantino figures uh, from uh, from Django. Um, yes. I think it's kind of you know it's it's a much more mainstream film, but it has a you know it's, it's more culty. It's, it's adults. You know, the, yeah. the, the, these aren't going to be collected by kids at all. Um, <laughs> well, so and they got uh, Leon from them too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I just. I, Hopefully someday we can get a taxi driver. Yeah, exactly. I've mean, just uh, a, a little while ago I just completed my review for the, the Carlito um, figure from that. Uh, oh yeah, Space. great. And I kind of mentioned, yeah, I kind of mentioned in that that um, yeah, there, there's lots of figures. You know, this sounds bizarre, but yeah, I'd, I'd love to see like Popeye Doyle from French Connection. I'd love to see uh, I'd love to see them do you know Taxi Driver. I'd even like to see them do Woody Allen from Manhattan. You know, this is the kind of stuff that I'd really like to see on my shelf. It'd be really cool, but. But is there a market for it out there? Probably not. Probably just me and about you know another 300 guys if they're lucky. So I'm uh, even worried that they weren't going to put out the Barney Ross from Expendables too, and I'm glad they announced him because yeah. I. I'm a fan. I have one other comment I wanted to make about Bane because I had one other tip I wanted to 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 give people who are putting him together. Um, in the little instruction booklet, <clears throat> it mentions how you know you got that other the additional gauntlet glove sort of thing that goes on his right hand and it has a, has a hole in it so that you can take the thumb of the splayed hand and put it yes. through there yeah. um, and it looks very cool uh, in the little instruction booklet there it'll show you you know put the thumb in and the hand sort of backwards and then you kind of turn the hand into the mm. gauntlet yeah. um, that works great except uh, the, the problem with that is if the post for the wrist is on the arm and you try to shove that on there, you will have a very frustrating time trying to get that to line up and get the hand to pop on. So what you want to do is make sure you put the post onto the hand first, mm-hmm. bend it over so it's small enough that it'll yeah. it'll fit inside that gauntlet when you turn the wrist in and then on and then straighten it back out again inside because then it'll pop right on the arm. It's it's yeah. a million times simpler. Can can that glove fit underneath the coat? No. I wrestled with that for probably 20 minutes, thinking it, looking at the little picture on the instructions, thinking that the glove did go under the coat, and then I looked really close, and it, it looks like it's not on there, and I couldn't find a way to get it on under there. I've heard some people place. have been able to fit it on under there. Um, yeah. I don't know that you really, I mean, you don't really have to. It's, you're not going to see much of it because the coat goes yeah. way down on the arm. That's right. Um, you won't see it with a fisted hand because, yeah, yeah the coat will cover it up. Uh, but with the splayed hand, you could see a little of it up around the thumb, but I don't know that it's really that important. Uh, you know, another thing is I didn't even bother with the black short length sleeve shirt. I looked at the instructions uh, for taking off the vest, taking off the sash, and yeah. putting them back on. Then I went over and I looked at the stock photos that Sideshow has on their website and noticed that there's not a single one where he's wearing the vest. And I thought, mm-hmm. you know, there's probably a reason for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to ask if anybody. I think I'm going to have to have a go at that, but uh, yeah. The, the You're a brave thing, man, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the only thing that, that, that slightly bothers me about this film, I, I do love this film. I mean, you know, the fact that you, there's so little facial show, but you can still tell it's Tom Hardy is, is testament to how good it is. But when you turn the figure and look at it in sharp profile, does it uh, kind of hit you that the the bridge of the nose, where the where the breathing yeah, mark comes, is just a little bit too close way? in? It's like his nose couldn't physically exist under there. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's iPhone that's strange too. Ah, but do we know he actually has a nose under there? Uh, that's a very good point. Oh. <laughs> was it like that in the movie? I don't know. Again, I'll, I'll have to... Well, I'll in the movie, it physically does have a nose, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could always well, say... Well, well, Tom, Hard- Tom Hardy is method. He probably had it taken off. That's right. Yeah, yeah he, is anyway. he is method. He is method. What really impresses me, me about the Bane figure is the fur is the fur on the inside of the coat. I mean, it's just yeah. how did how did they do that? You know what I mean? It's mm. it's it, it, it's a great testament to hear the um, the gentleman from ACI Toys on, on our show, and he's like, "Oh, sorry, from Big Chief, sorry, uh, from Big from, uh, Big Chief Toys," and like saying, "How did they do that?" Because it is like, seriously, how does a needle that small exist get in there? How how does they actually do that? It is quite amazing. Mm. How how's actually no, the, Oh, it's a while ago. It was kind of the same with the um, when they did the uh, John Connor figure from Terminator Salvation. Where the kind of sheepskin yeah. uh, jacket was much more t- much more tight fitting, and it had the kind of uh, the, the webbing over the top of it. But again, when that came out, I was like, my God, that's so well detailed. The fact that it actually looks like you know one six sheepskin, and you can see the inside of it on the collar and the, and the cuffs. Mm. Um, yeah, it, there are very few companies out there that can kind of really get that that degree of tailoring. To, to that degree of finish, and um, and they, they certainly have seemed to have kind of cornered the market on that uh, that kind of detail. Yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, I, I would have liked the jacket to be and have a bit more weathering on it because if you actually look at the, the scenes in the movie, like it's it's far more battered up and stuff like that. I actually have a jacket yeah. rather similar to it actually myself, to be honest. But it's not as long, but it's kind of similar thing. That that that's the only thing the kind the kind of things as well. Also, as well, um, I find his legs a little on the thin side. Um, I, I would have liked his legs to be a bit chunkier because. The, the the boot you have to kind of really pull down on his trousers to kind of get the poofy look at the bottom of the boots because he, the way uh. he comes the, the the pants are like right, are right up on him and you have to really kind of pull them down to get to get the thing he's looking poofy. So I had to, had right, to and they're them. a little drop crotched in the movie too, right? Yeah, exactly. They are. They are. They're quite baggy uh, and loose. Trying to pull them down is a little tough too because they're they're very tight. It's not yeah. like you have a bunch of of movement around the knee or the thigh. Those pants are pretty tight to the leg to begin mm-hmm. with. So even when you get it a little poofy down around the the boot, it still looks skinny. His because it's you know there's nothing really you can do about the thigh. Whee! <laughs> <laughs> and also, I think you oh, have no. a problem with six car. Whenever you're obviously dealing with fabric, is the scaling. And I think like, like you're saying, he did have a bit of a drop crotch in the film. But I think yeah. if you were to do that on the figure, you, again, that's gonna you can pull them down if you want to slightly. But at the same time, it's going to really hamper the articulation. You try and move the leg up if you want to get a pose like that. Because in the real world, it doesn't matter. But while you're talking about one six scale figure and you've got a drop crotch, it's going to really hamper the way the, uh, the the articulation, the engineering works underneath. Yeah, yeah, true. True. And my legs are kind of my legs on my figure are pretty wobbly. I don't know if anybody else has that problem. I'm glad yeah. you pointed it out that it was your figure that had that problem. <laughs> Mine are okay. I, I, I see what you're saying. They're slightly looser than some hot toys figures. I have to admit, them. Like I was just saying, I've got the, the new joke here as well. And his, I have noticed his ankles and legs are a little bit on the loose side. Oh, really? uh, nothing, you know. He's not taking any dives or anything. But you just have to be careful where you position him. And so yeah, okay. it's just a thing to keep an eye on in those legs. The base is awesome as well in Bane as well. I love the base. And I just, I mean, you know, you put the helmet down on the ground. And the, the mask, the, the smash mask you get with it has lovely yes. little kind of water particles on there. Little spot yeah. varnishes on the water. Oh, I absolutely love that. And you actually literally put the mask on the ground. And it's like you've got the cover of the special edition DVD. Or the yeah. movie poster <laughs> or whatever. And it's just, I, lo- I, I know that sounds silly and, and trivial. But I love stuff like that. I love looking at a corner of a, uh, of a figure or something like that. It's like, oh, look. There's the movie artwork, or you know what I mean. I absolutely thought think the mask is. I love the smashed-up mask. I think it's absolutely yeah. flipping awesome. And and the stuff mm, we're getting, base itself. We're getting a, sorry, so are we getting a full one with um with the Catwoman Selena figures matching with like a full? I think so. Cowl, yeah. Is it just okay. the exclusive though? It might just be this okay. the exclusive version. All right. Well, what do we do with a full empty mask? Though? I suppose. What what would how. Would, how would we display that? What, her holding well, it's going to end up being used by Bruce, isn't it? You know, you're going to pose him sitting with his, in his uh, in his full yeah. bat suit, um, yeah, kind of like, you know, pensively looking down at his mask. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Okay, then, gentlemen, any more any more comments on um, Hot Toys Bean? Does anybody feel like he should have a wire in his coat? That was my only kind of issue with the jacket. Was I yeah, felt like yeah. If you had well, them in, in the hem, well, and the seam on the front um, edges of it is, is so thick. I wondered for a minute if there actually was one in there, and I mm. bent it, and it didn't stay. So I, I imagine there's not. But, yeah. 
No, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like there's one to me. So, I mean, it's, I, it's I, nitpicky too. I mean, it's, it's an awesome jacket. I think they probably would have had to compromise the the trimming at the bottom of the jacket, something fierce to accommodate that, you know, with the wool and everything and stuff like that. Because it's yeah. it's so in, I mean, Jesus, you get right in there, and it's the it's just so amazing. In fairness, the the the, the tailoring on that it's just it's quite quite extraordinary. Yeah. Uh, curious yeah. what pulls what, what I think you've all got him with his jacket on because that tends to be the the coolest look, mm-hmm. isn't it? Is everyone? Oh yeah, it is. It is. It would have been nice if you could, you know, pose his arms across his chest. Yeah, yeah or, or you can hold on to the lapels. Yeah. You know, he can't actually hold on to the lapels. That was the pose I was dying to do. And Me he can't, too. You can't get the fingers. There's not one dude on 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 the sideshow freaks message board doing it. But I don't know how he measured. Did he did he put maybe he used a different body type or something? I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm thinking if you know if, if you really want that body. pose, yeah, you're going to switch bodies. Because let's face it, there's not an awful lot of uh, body on show once you've got the coat on. So as long as you can get that that area where you can see kind of chest and clavicles, I don't know if it's possible to swap the arms out. But um, but yeah, that that was an annoyance for me as well. It seems to be uh, pretty much across the board. Now, I really wanted to put him in the. Oh, go on, Jim. Sorry, Mike. Oh, I just, I really wanted to stick him in the, uh, like, the Harvey Dent photo pose, where he's kind of holding it up. Oh, um, yeah. So it'd be, it'd be oh, cool yeah. to maybe, it's, it's too bad he didn't come with one, because that's an easy accessory. They could have just thrown in a little printed picture, but I guess enterprising intervid- individuals can do it themselves. Yeah, exactly. um, but I don't, I don't know if it'd be possible to even get his arm like that with the jacket on, um, but that'd be cool. Yeah. Well, well, the, like uh, I, there was a rumor that the upper body is a custom sculpt. Yeah, it, yeah, it definitely like seems to be. Ones to me. Mm-hmm. Well, if you look at the back of the neck, you can see the scarring. Yeah. Um, you know where he said that he said the work done on the back of his uh, nervous system, obviously, and, and that, that that's all visible. And um, to me, I think the arms even look like they've been particularly sculpted for this particular figure. Because um, although they're muscular, it's got that kind of look um, that he had, where he's kind of although he's muscular, he's kind of carrying quite a he's quite bulky, heavy kind of guy as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's kind of reflected in the arms, rather than the kind of uh, the, the finely sculpted kind of more muscular arms they sometimes use. Um, yeah, it definitely seems that way. And also, looking at the chest area, where the, where the kind of clavicle comes in, it, it seems much more defined, which seems to really kind of represent how he looked in the film. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've got a feeling that probably is a custom tool. So. And now, I think for our listeners, we should move on to the Predator, Hot Toys City Hunter Predator, or the Predator 2, as it's more commonly known, or Predator 2.2. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> no, actually, no, it's Predator 2.3. Yeah, it's Predator 2.3. Predator 2.3. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. yeah. And this is the uh, third version, isn't it? Is, is it a third version? Is it third version? Yeah, it yeah is well, they, first of all, they brought out just a regular version. They brought out the battle damage version uh, with, the, with the stump for an arm. Um, right. And then they brought out this version, which is an improved body and, uh, and with a stump for an arm. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah. Take, take it away then, Jeff. Third, third time lucky. Sorry? Take it away then, Jeff. Oh uh, well, yeah. I mean, I'm 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 sitting there with it. It's um it's very impressive. It's it's kind of uh, you know what one hand giveth, the other hand taketh away because it's that classic thing where the original predators that we we had to build like bottle kits whilst kind of profusely sweating and worrying. Oh God, weren't uh, they just awful? <laughs> oh my God, well, they broke your heart. Yeah, oh, I, I I actually enjoyed it, but and I do miss it to a degree. But there it, there is something nice just about lifting out a fully constructed figure. Um, but yeah, it's just like th- those original ones because they were the body was a, a, a you know a fully articulated one seat figure that was predatorized. Um, you, you had a, a, a bigger range of movement, whereas these ones are much more based on the um, on the, um, the the new predator from the Predators film, uh, as we've seen the uh, the kind of the Predator one um, kind of revisited as in the classic Predator. But it's got that style of body. So although the articulation suffers slightly because of that, because obviously you lose anything in the abdomen and the chest and some of the upper arm, etc. Um, what you do end up with is a, a, a far superior kind of um, uh, aesthetic-looking creature because it's just uh, it's just amazing. It just really it's really heavy in your hand as well. Yes, uh, yeah. a big heavy lump yeah. of plastic. Um, but yeah, as far as the detailing goes, it's just beautiful. I mean, the painting's lovely. The detailing on the head, the top of the crown, is just you know as good as they as good as they get. Um, I love the fact we get the uh, crossover. But the one of the one of the details that I was just amazed with was that obviously with the uh, the battle damage version we got uh, a few years back, uh, we had the the breathing breathing mask, mm-hmm. um, and this mm-hmm. time we get two breathing masks. One that can actually fit onto the face when he's there, when he needs it, and the other one that you can just hold. Uh, and I thought that was a nice attention to detail. So, um, but yeah, what did what did you guys think? I mean, I'm I'm pretty knocked out by it. 
I was um, I'm 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 a big Predator fan, and I'm one of those yeah. kinds of guys that loves the look of Predator Two. I mean, you know, Predator Two is a bit of a it's a bit of a mess of a movie, but you just can't help <laughs> but love it. It's just a, it's such a treat to watch. You're just watching it. And you just watch it's it. A pleasure. But it actually yeah. is a bit nonsensical at times when you do watch it. If you watch it with a critical eye, like, why is he doing that? Why didn't he? Just, <laughs> you had a spear. What did? Why did you just use the spear? You know, and stuff like that. <laughs> but yeah. all all movie criticism aside, I absolutely love this figure. But it does have its butts. I feel. Um. One thing that slightly annoys me about Predator's, a, pre- a Predator figure is, and particularly this one, and it was the same thing with you because I had the previous other versions of Predator as well, the, the older body type as well, and I had the, I had the Lost, and I had the uh, Guardian, and I had the, 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 the classic, the regular Predator 1, and the regular Predator 2. And uh, one thing that always bothered me about all this, which sadly I haven't seen fixed here, is that things just fall off all the time. That the, the, They haven't really updated the, the way the blade... The, the flying disc attaches to his leg. I mean, you have to really wedge that thing mm-hmm. in because if you if you move it all, it falls off easily. The same with the the the, the net launcher that goes on his uh, on his other leg. I mean, if you pick him up, that is guaranteed to fall off, and it doesn't quite stick in there. They're well enough. The biggest, and I mean the biggest criticism I have with this figure is the hands. The hands oh, yeah. are why 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 what's the flat hand for? Sideshow, what are hot toys? What, what, why are you giving us a flat hand there? We, we, we want to hold the skull. There is no hand to hold the skull. We cannot hold the skull. And that's very annoying, so you kind of have to. I'm thinking about doing getting the hair dryer situation, just getting a flat hand and kind of warping it into a, a, something that can hold the skull. But I found that a little right. irritating as well. Um, some of the some of the little paint apps as well, I thought, could have been just a little bit better on certain things. Um, it's good, but. I, I felt there was a little bit more attention to detail on, like, the, the classic Predator. I felt there was something a little thingy as well. And it seems to be a common problem with, with, the, with the Hot Toy Predator as well, is that the feet seem to be easily rotatable back and forth and kind of getting them to stand right. And the stands actually don't tend to hold them very well because they're very heavy. Mm-hmm. So the, the stands mm-hmm. don't get so... I'm literally, my Predator actually took a fall. Literally, he just fell against the glass of, on the inside of the, the cabinet. But, man, if he was any heavier, he would have pressed open the cabinet and taken a right tumble. But mm. it, other than those things, which are the hand is, I think I I can get I can get past the paint, the paint because the paint is still very good, but it's just not quite as polished as I was hoping it would be. But uh, the hand, what, what particular errors? What, what particular errors are bothering on, on well, the paint? Is there a, is there anything particular or just a general? It's just a little bit around the mandibles and the inside of the mouth. I just feel that it's it's just you know you, you know why sometimes when you see paint put on, it has a kind of a watery effect on there, and you don't see it. Yeah. it just it doesn't apply a little. It doesn't it doesn't be apl- applied with lavishness. It's applied with mm-hmm. skimpiness, and that's what I feel with the unmasked face a little bit. I just feel that some of those parts in around the mandibles just feel a little bit water, watered on. They're not mm. quite as substantially thick or you know, they're a bit opaque and things like that. Just a bit washy at, at times. But and, and I feel that the helmet could have had a touch more bronze to it as well because it's a very dark colour. I know it's quite yeah. dark in the cinema or in the, in the movie but it still could have had a little bit more couple of hits of bronze on there I felt. Mm. But well, I think that's I think that's something they've kind of really toned down because on the on the original versions it, it was much more bronzy, but I think it, it kind of felt almost plasticky then, doesn't it? Suddenly, yeah, kind yeah. of mm-hmm. they've heeded mm-hmm. that and just thought, no, let's uh, let's not risk that and let's make it more weathered. Just a few but uh, it's funny game. Getting back to the paint, I mean, I'm, I must admit, I'm, I'm looking at mine, and I'm perhaps perhaps my eyes are failing in my in, in the autumn of my years. But uh, no, it looks uh, it, it looks pretty good to me. But the one thing that did bother me was when they did the um, the original Predator one, um, and they did that really cool thing where they used like a semi opaque tusk, um, so that when mm-hmm. the mandibles were painted, they had that slight tr- ever so slight translucence that kind of caught the light, so you could mm-hmm. see through it slightly. Mm-hmm. And I really hoped that that was going to be something they would stick with, but. Um, Obviously, looking at some of the later predators that we've had from them, it, they, they didn't. I don't know whether that was too difficult for them to maintain or pain, but um, that was a feature I'd, I'd hoped that was going to continue. Yeah. How about you guys? I'm kind of vanilla on the whole thing, to be honest. Yeah, you got. Um, you weren't which, impressed with it, were you, when you got yours? No, and I can't... It's weird, I can't put my finger on exactly why. It just doesn't do much for me. Are you a Predator 2 I, I fan, mean, though? Yeah, it's weird. I like Predators. I especially <laughs> like Predator 2. Um, like, I have the Shadow Predator to put him with and stuff, but I just, for some reason, I just can't get myself psyched up about having him. I can't, honestly, I, I, I thought about it um, in preparation to talk about it, and I really can't 
tell you a reason why he doesn't do much for me. But did, did, did you did you have the earlier versions as well? Uh, I had um, I had the Predator one forever ago, um, yeah. and I ended up trading it away. Um, and the only, I got the. Yeah. I just wondered I if it was, because obviously they've done Predator. This is like the third version of it. And I just wondered if you'd had one of those, and it's it's a kind of a feeling of oh, it's a, it's a too soon to revisit it. And although they've done a great job on revisiting it, it's kind of not. Uh, perhaps you know, for some people, I think perhaps they're thinking, why have they done this again? And there's so much other stuff that's waiting in the wings. But uh, I don't know. Well, I'm yeah, I wish I wish I had a logical reason for for yeah. not. I mean, I wouldn't say I dislike him. I would just say it's not. I mean, he doesn't do much for me one way or another. I'm glad yeah. I have him, I guess. But I yeah, because they've also announced something they hot toys a little while ago that they're going to be revisiting AVP. Um, which is kind of a strange one as well because it's it's kind of it really divides audiences. I I like it as a kind of guilty pleasure throwaway kind of film. But <laughs> yes, that's, that's exactly what it is. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But, but it's, it is it's a terrible movie. It's, it's, it's not a good movie by any means. But it's a fun no, movie. It's, it's, no, it's it's not kind of it's and not the that. Second I mean, one's it, even worse. Oh yeah. my god! Yeah, AVP Requiem or whatever. What was that called? Oh, yeah. God. That was, that was, I mean, I, I know sometimes they shoot these films dark to make them moody or something, but that was so dark, I was like straining to see what was going on. Terrible. Well, I yeah, did like Predators. Cool. I thought that one, they kind of, they managed to pull that one out after oh, yeah. the mm. AP. Yeah, yeah, Predators mm. is awesome. Uh, and that's yeah. a much better film. I, I did not receive this Predator. I didn't buy this Predator, <gasps> nor receive this Predator, so I have no particular dog in this hunt. But I will say that I have never seen Predators 2 since I watched it in the theater back so many years ago. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> because seeing it in the theater, I went... Oh, good God. <laughs> and I, I, I will admit, I, now that you guys talked about it, I'll have to crack out the Blu-ray and, and see if, it, uh, if it's a little better than I actually remember it. Yeah, it's, I don't it, think it will be if you, if you thought that then. I think no. that, well, maybe through... Well, see, sometimes the problem that is, is when you see such a good first movie, like Predator was, mm. that when you, you greatly anticipate the, the sequel when, you're, you know, when it's first coming out, and it turns out to be less than adequate. <clears throat> it, it, it really hits you. But then somebody who will not have seen it at the theater, maybe they see it five or six years later, and they I see it on DVD, and they go, you know, it wasn't that bad a movie. It was. Yeah. And maybe it'll turn out to be that way. I'll give it another view. Oh, I, I mean, am I am I wrong in thinking most people like Predator Two because of how absurd it is? Almost. Um, I think it's just. You see a lot of the so predator. You see a lot of the predator, and that's that's the thing. It's, he's, he does all of his gadgets. He does all of his cool stuff. Right. And it's what works with Predator Two is that it's a contrast to the first one. Not yeah, necessarily the best contrast, but the fact that the, the the director has come along and taken what is what was decent about, i.e., a bunch of alphas in a jungle, and they've to put that into a city. While I don't think it's the most well executed, it's still. It still feels very exciting. The opening five minutes of Predator 2 is still, to me, very exciting. It's, and, and, you know, and more importantly, it still feels set in the future as well, which I quite mm-hmm. like. And, and, and again, I, and bearing in mind, when I say I enjoy Predators, that's not me saying that I think it's a very good movie. I'm not saying it's a good movie. I, as we know, I, we, we just talked a- AVP. You know, that's an enjoyable <laughs> movie, but it's not a good movie. You know, check your no. brains out of the door. Predator 2 is the exact same. As a, mm-hmm, a, a yeah. as a kid, when I saw Predator Two in the cinema, yeah, in Ireland, I was led into the cinema to see Predator Two. That scene where all those predators come out at the ends with Danny and all the little targeting comes on there. Yes, I mean, that was the most pulse pounding thing that my fourteen year old self could have ever seen. I mean, I flipped <laughs> out in the cinema. I was like, "Look at all of them! Look, and you can see them all. Look, they're all different, all different masks." And, you, you, and on that aspect, there's an alien skull. Yeah, on that aspect, it just it developed the Predator mythos, and that's what I like about Predator 2. You see a lot more about them. They're more developed, where it's like, oh, right, there are hunters. Oh, they've been around in the past as well, you know, because you got the little gun from the 17th century or the 18th century, and, and, and that aspect. So well, that's why I like Predator 2, because it, it builds on the Predator mythos, and it kind of rubber stamps, this is a great alien intergalactic hunter. And I, 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 as for Predators, loved Predators. I think Predators yeah. is better than Predator 2. But still, yeah. as goes predator. Yeah. yeah. I, I was just always psyched as a kid because I was like, "Oh man, it's Murtaugh fighting a predator." <laughs> <laughs> Two days retirement. Where's Riggs? 
and and the and the cool. AVP, the new AVP one does look very good. I mean, I'm not a fan of the AVP movies per se, but that new AVP is it's a Scar, it's Scar, isn't it? The Scar Predator. Yeah, it's Scar. Yeah. He he is badass looking. He is a really yeah. awesome well, Predator. Was, he was one of the very well, obviously the original was one of the very first Hot Toys figures I got hold of, and I remember at the time just thinking, you know, the, wow, these guys are gonna kill everybody dead in the water. There's, the detail was amazing. But it's just so funny. You look back at it, and now it just looks, you know, compared to what they're doing now, it just looks really clumsy. The head looks too big. Uh, mm-hmm. There's yeah. lots of, uh, you know, kind of issues with it. And the, the wire dreadlocks, although I loved them at the time, you know, now they just they just kind of bush out. They're, they're yeah. just too big and clumsy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it's definitely worth a revisit, because as they know, you know, there are, there are Predator fans out there who will just, just soak it up and just, and just buy it. Um, but it still strikes me as a little weird. It's just a... I, personally, I would have thought they might go. I know it's chronological, you know, the, the, the order they come in. But I thought Wolf was a more chari- uh, charismatic and popular character than the cleanup guy from uh, from Rec Room, even though the film stank. He was a, he was a great looking character design. So I thought he might be one that they'd uh, they'd kind of go for first. But but we shall see how how popular the AVP ones are. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I've got my fingers crossed that they're going to revisit. If they're going to revisit Predators, they got to revisit Aliens. And you know, with with the Necker's, yes. with Necker, N-E-C-A, however you want to say it, what is the definitive pronunciation of that company's name? I would like to know this. If you work there, it's N-E-C-A. If you work there, it's N-E-C-A. Uh, that's good enough for me. Because to it know. stands for the National Enter- Entertainment Collectibles Association, and that's what it is. It's yeah, they no. never. The first time I met some of those guys, like. 15 years ago, I said NECA, and they were like, what? <laughs> all right, so it's NECA then, all right? So NECA have, are, are releasing their likenesses to Hicks and Hudson and all those dudes. So yeah. if the likenesses of those are now released, then perhaps Hot Toys may, because we're, we're assuming they still have the Aliens license. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would imagine so, but yeah, it's obviously something I would imagine they have to renew or, or keep going. So. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I hope, I mean, I'm sure I'm, I'm not alone here in saying We'd all love a Colonial Marine set of all the boys. Oh, Apone, sure. Hicks, right. Vasquez, yes. Frost, the works. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I, those, yeah, are, I, those are hot toys that I did not, I blew it. I got like all of them but Vasquez. Uh, right. And, and of course, she went ballistic price wise, and then I couldn't yep. get her. And so I'm like, damn it, that's one of the few that I don't have a complete set. Yeah. It was just very annoying. Yeah. Dude, who doesn't want a few. Michael Bean? Like, yeah, I, and I, I, sorry, Karen. No, I'm sorry, Jeff. No, I say all. All I picked up from that line was was Hicks, uh, Hicks, Ripley, and Vasquez. Funnily enough, they were the three that I got. Uh, and like you say, Mike, there were times I think, oh God, you know, if only I'd got the whole set because they would look great together. But I made my choice. <laughs> I skipped all of them. Uh, yeah. But I'd really like to see a Michael Bean at some point, um, especially as Hicks. And I'm always confused <laughs> why we haven't seen like a Kyle Reese in kind of bum clothes or whatever. Um, I think the actor's been yeah, a absolutely. stickler with his likenesses, though, isn't he? I think he's a bit of a stickler with, with the likenesses. Because I know there was a buff beef with Alien Three using his thingy on there and stuff like that. But then he was—he did that kind of out of spite, and you kind of don't blame him when you actually hear the story about it. But there you go. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, but, and we heard that, there. and then, um, like you said, the if NECA is doing figures, I saw one the other day of him from Terminator. So um, yeah, it just would like- be nice to see how toys do it. The likenesses are out there, so they ha- they'll have to get used. We hope. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we hope, we hope. So, gentlemen, have we got any more uh, comments on the Predator 2? Because if not, I think we should we could close up shop here, unless you guys would like to. No, I, to the I'll just drop in one more little thing, which I thought was cool. Was obviously they've been more and more. They've been doing the uh, the laser guiding lights on the helmet. They've been uh, oh, yeah. adding them light up since since the uh, since the um, Predators yeah. uh, versions. And uh, I just think it's, they seem to have refined it even more here. I don't know about what yours are like, but um, it, it's just a really nice, crisp three little dots on this yeah, one. Yeah, it's tidy, isn't um, it? Yeah, it's really tidy. It just works really nicely. It's uh, it's a small detail, but one I thought was more worth uh, worth mentioning. And a full medical. But they just too. light up, right? Yeah, yeah, I was actually going to ask you guys. Yours don't. They don't project at all. No, no they're not like a, think, not like a proper laser pen. <laughs> <laughs> Three laser pens in there, no problem. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that would be illegal. <laughs> Point the predator at a, at a kid's head. Oh, blind them. <laughs> Mine actually killed my Danny Glover uh, custom, but you know. <laughs> you have a Danny Glover custom. Well, you have to have Merton rigs, right? You do have yeah. to have Merton rigs. You do have to have Merton rigs. A guest for you, sir. Oh, man, I hope it's not the common riffraff. It's Sir Pixel Dan for you, sir. Oh, hey, Pixel Dan. 
Hey, Eamon! How's it going? Not bad. How are you doing, buddy? Not bad at all, sir. Not bad at all. Thank you for joining me today for this little small chat. Uh, my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Cool. Excellent. Well, I'd like you to like give us a little idea about who you are. Who is Pixel Dan to the people out who there who don't I? know? Who, do who am I? Well, I'm a toy enthusiast and reviewer, and I'm probably most well-known for some of my reviews of the, you know, the, the lesser expensive toys that you don't really talk about on this show. The common uh, folk! That's right, the common folk, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and I know that you're a fan of Masters of the Universe classics, so, you know, stuff like that, that's what I'm known for. And I believe you have now in your fine, fine hands, you are now possessing your very, very, very first hot toy. This is a true statement. I have my first hot toy. <laughs> and, and, and the reason I actually got you on today was just for a little bit was just to actually get folks out there. Just I thought there'd be some out there in the podcast land who'd be interested to hear your first impressions of a hot toy from, you know, you're so well established. I just, it'd be great for folks to hear what your first impressions were like. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds like fun. So, Pixel Dan, tell us, what do you think about your very first hot toy experience? I'm I'm pretty much loving this guy. Uh, let me start by saying that I'm I'm not really a big collector of these types of collectible figures. I don't do a lot of the large scale stuff, and I don't do a lot of the really you know high value kind of stuff like this. Even though I've always thought the Hot Toy stuff looked incredible, I'm more of like a six inch action figure guy. Yeah, and that's always been like my main focus. But I'm a huge Star Wars fan, yep. so I did pull the trigger. Uh, I got the opportunity to review a Hot Toys Luke Skywalker figure, Woo-hoo! so I jumped on the opportunity, and wow, am I impressed! Uh, you know, I've, I've, like I said, I've always loved the way these guys look, but it's really nothing until you get this thing in hand and actually get to experience it. And I am really, really blown away by it. Indeed, indeed. So over, overall, I mean, what are you expensive to quality? Do, do you find any little drawbacks about any of them or stuff like that? What 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 were your, what were your first impressions? Because I, I I do know that you know some people who haven't taken the plunge in the hot toys, they do are still a little bit sniffy about spending this much money on 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 a toy. Right. How how would you justify this to people from your you know newcomer point of view? Well, the thing about Luke Skywalker that I thought was really great, and at least what surprised me immediately upon opening the box, was the fact that it's this particular set here, the DX one, is two full figures inside the box. And I think that alone makes this one a pretty great value. And I, I know that you would explain to me that it's because Luke kind of uses like the basic body, and that's why they opted to do the two different full figures in there to give you like the battle damage costume and the regular costume. But I still thought that was pretty incredible because... This allowed me the option to display both battle damaged and a regular Luke without having to do all the costume swapping and everything. And I thought that was incredible. Uh, but not only do you get two figures, you also get three different display bases. You got like the simple little display base, you got a little more Bespin y looking display base. And then you've also got the huge weather antenna that you can hang the figure off of that's got the little yeah. LED lights and everything on it. I was like, I couldn't believe it. I'm like opening this box and I'm just like, more and more things are coming out of the box. I'm like, how much is in here? This is incredible. You know, and you get all the interchangeable hands, you get. Uh, uh, a lightsaber hill and an ignited lightsaber you get two blasters so that way both of Luke's can have a blaster on them I mean that right there I think was was worth the price you get all that stuff in there so yeah, that's they, incredible they didn't shortchange it with Luke Skywalker did they? and we, we should point out as well that though, you have the, the air the antenna thing it's actually made out of steel as well you actually have to screw little pieces together and stuff yeah yeah and that's the other thing and I was a little worried when I pulled that out because I was like this is going to be too skinny and, and you're not actually going to be able to hang Luke off of it yeah. but no that's not the case it holds him really well so and, and it's neat because you can you can hang it on the wall or from your ceiling yeah. or it's got a base you can plug it into so you can just stand it on your shelf and it works great all three ways so that's awesome and how, how did you feel about the, the way the, the hair, the, the eye system and stuff like that, and the articulation? I mean, what do you think about the articulation as well? Just on, on, on a hot toy. Particularly, Luke has actually got particularly good uh, articulation. A lot of it, Some hot toys don't have as good articulation, like maybe Bane. I think there's been a few little issues with Bane not being able to mm-hmm. get his, his fingers on the lapels. But the, the Luke is of a particularly well-posable body type, I think, for, for the hot toys. Yeah, I, I think so too. I was able to get quite a few really good poses out of them. And what I like about it is that you can put pull off some really good 
like two-handed lightsaber poses, which are essential, oh, yeah. I always feel. You know, uh, that's one of the things that was always a pain with the old Star Wars action figures is it, for a long time you could never get them to hold the lightsabers two-handed. And that's it, very important for a Star Wars character, especially somebody like Luke who does two-handed lightsaber battles. So you can get some great poses like that, but I also like that you have the ability to kind of, you know, get some really cool, like, uh, badass poses with the blaster and stuff. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you could really pull off some great shots with them. I think the articulation is awesome. And the eyes, the eyes are crazy. I just, <laughs> you know, that's not something I, I really realized was a common thing on Hot Toys. Is that always been like that? With oh, the, only, the only on DX models. Anytime you, okay. have a, anytime you have a DX, it's generally with the, the parallel eye rolling system. The patented parallel eye roll system. Yeah, it's really, really cool. And I think it's funny, like I was playing around with it and showing my wife and she's just like, that's so creepy because it <laughs> it's little, so realistic. Yeah, it is a little know? freaky. It is definitely it a little is, freaky, but I think on the Luke in particular, it actually works well. And as first Hot Toys go, I mean, I think that is an excellent excellent figure to be getting for your first hot toy as well yeah it was it was a great one i think it's perfect for me so which, which, i love them which of course begs the question do you think you'll get another hot toy and if so <laughs> what, what what do you think what would you have your eye on well um the the thing is like I, I don't know if i'm gonna like dive in head first you know and just be like oh now i'm crazy for hot toys i gotta buy everything yeah um like everybody keeps saying to me you know now you're gonna get the bug now you're gonna get the bug uh and i do really like these but i think i'm gonna kind of limit myself yeah and i think for anybody that's you know kind of on the edge i think that's how you should handle it like if you're thinking about getting hot toys you should definitely get ones that are characters that you really really love like luke was perfect for me in that regard yes as far as the Star Wars line goes, if they do release certain other characters, I probably will get them now to go along with this Luke. Uh, I think, you know, I know that there's been rumblings of a Han Solo. I think that'll be incredible. But yep. I'll tell you what, if they do a Boba Fett, there's, I'm, like, I'll just start throwing my money at Hot Toys right now. <laughs> I, I, uh, Boba Fett would be amazing in this style. Oh, I think, I think Han and Chewie would be my ultimate favorites. I do believe that we had them. Um... We had a gentleman on, on our last guest last, or one of our last guests last week, on our last recording rather, and uh, he did hint that um, at uh, it would be probably most likely Anakin's going to be the next one. So are we. Th- oh, Anakin, like uh, prequel Anakin, I assume. Yeah, prequel like- Anakin, and I believe it might be young Anakin. I, I'm, at that part, I'm not actually quite sure. I'm sure one of, oh, okay. one of our listeners can always write in and correct me on that. But I do believe that that is actually it's going to be Anakin this uh, this year for twenty. What are we on? 2014? Jeez, what are we on? 2013. <laughs> 2013, yes. We're on 2013. There we go. And I believe Han Solo is scheduled in for next year. Uh, a new Hope Han Solo, which is, of okay. course, which is of course actually the, the best Han Solo to be getting. So, yeah, I mean, I, I was really glad that they picked this Luke Skywalker as well because it is it is from the best, one of the finest movies ever made. So that, that's really oh, great. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, the Bespin outfit is, is perfect for the first one, I think. I love it. Cool. And is there any other, like, maybe any Avengers are catching your eye or anything like that? I know Captain America's been popular with something. Is any yeah, ones? yeah. Those are ones that I've really looked over good. Uh, they had a huge display, you know, at San Diego Comic-Con last year, and yeah. I know I drooled over them there. And Captain America, you're right, in particular, looks pretty incredible. So I'm not ruling it out. I might, I might pick some of those up. We'll have to see how it goes. Excellent. Well, that's great, then. Thank you very much for coming on the show, Sir Dan of Pixel. And, uh, well, maybe we might get you back on again to um, discuss maybe your next hot toy purchase. I'm just waiting on for you to get the bug, you see. That, that's one of the things. You, you, think, gonna... you think it's going to happen? I <laughs> think it might, <laughs> but, I mean, I don't know. You don't, I, don't, I don't know. I think most people do get the bug, but I think you might have to have a specific kind of personality. You might have more restraint than me, for instance. Be able to restrain yourself <laughs> a little bit more, because... I mean, my very first hot toy was the Iron Man Mark One, which is a very fine first hot toy. My girlfriend got it for my for my birthday. After that, it was the Iron Man Mark Three, and and after that, it was a, a Terminator with the rubber skin thingy. That was oh, it for cool. me. I, I I was gone. I mean, within a space of a month, I had ordered like four or five hot toys: <laughs> Wolverine, Blade, you know, the work, uh, uh, Dallas from Aliens. The whole I was just like straight away. I was like, oh my god, where have they been all my life? But I think as myself and Mike and Jeff and James have discussed, Hot Toys really kind of got their act together about two years ago with the Iron Man 1 license. I mean, if oh, they, yeah. Those they, look great, too. They, they, those they, are awesome. They really got their act together, especially when the Iron Man 1 license and the, the, the Terminator Salvation license. They just started getting their likenesses right. They got a great sculptor called Yulian and all these things. I'm sure I'm missing out on other sculptors as well. Again, listeners can ring in and correct me. Um, 
and they just really upped the game. And up till that point, I was very hesitant, and I was like, eh, Vitali, eh, Vitali. And, and I was thinking, do you fall in a category now? Do you have a? Do you think there are two Dalia times? Because we are talking about things with plastic and clothes. If Mike were here, of course, Mike would be very adamantly correcting me and saying these are not Dalies; these are still action figures. <laughs> kids, and I think that's perfect. But do, do you? Does that aspect of them bother you at all? Would you prefer that that clothes was sculpted, or do you like the real clothes and realism of them? No, I think the real clothes work good. Uh, I am happy they have sculpted hair. <laughs> I yeah. think I think when you give them the real hair, that's where it gets a lot more dolly than action figurey. I think. Uh, so, yeah. But the the real the clothes work really good on these. Um, I think that's another thing that Hot Toys has done really well is it's very realistic and the way it sits on the character, it almost sits on them like an actual outfit would sit on a human. You know, it, it doesn't. It's not too stiff or bulky or anything like that. So that helps a lot. Excellent. Cool. Well. On that note, I think this is probably my second time giving you an outro now, so this will be the second final one, I promise. <laughs> Thank you very much, Pixel Dan, for coming on the Hot Toy Cast today and giving us your thoughts on your very first Hot Toy collectible, which is the Luke Skywalker Bespin figure. Thanks yes, very much, yes. Dan. Yes, thank you very much for having me. It was, it was awesome being here. Great stuff, man. Thanks a lot. See you soon. Looking to find collectible figures at low cost with superior customer service? Fanboy Collectibles is one of the largest retailers of high-end collectibles on the east coast of the USA. Carrying a full array of hot toys, enter-based, sideshow collectibles, 3A and all the top manufacturers. Domestic and international packages shipped daily, all fully insured with tracking number and securely packed. Getting it to you as quickly is important, but not as important as your collectibles arriving in pristine condition. Are you looking to pre-order an item to guarantee you don't miss it when it's released? Well, Fanboy Collectibles does that too. If you got a question about an item, give them a call, shoot them an email, or even leave them a message on their Facebook page. Fanboy Collectibles is available full-time to respond to you and to get your items to you as quickly as possible. Anyone can make a sale. Fanboy Collectibles knows the key to being successful is repeat customers. That comes from doing the right thing by you and making customer services their priority. Fanboy Collectibles. For some it's a hobby, to them it's an obsession. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for joining us. If there's a topic you feel we should be covering, please let us know. You can email me at amen at amenart.com or you can contact Sir Mike Crawford at Sir Mike. Over at mwctoys.com. Thank you for allowing us into your ears this day. And as with any high-end action figure, always handle with care. Good evening to you all.